Hey y'all, welcome to the Emphatically You podcast with Candace. Before we dive into today's topic for episode number four, I want to stop and say thank you. I want to give a huge thank you to a lot of different people who have shown me a lot of love. You know, I launched this podcast in April and I have completed my first three episodes and here we are with number four. (laughs) As a result, I've had some people to actually take time out of their day to listen to my show and then take time to call me or text me or send me a DM or an email just to share words of encouragement and share their unwavering support and love. Y'all, for this, I am grateful and I want to make sure that I say thank you. I don't take it for granted and I certainly don't take it lightly. And I want to make sure that as I continue down this path and I grow on this journey, I keep you all engaged and I keep you right alongside me on this ride and make sure that you know, once again, that I'm grateful. I am eternally grateful that you are taking some time to ride along with me. I would like to give just a little background or insight as to why I chose to start this podcast in the first place. I always knew that I wanted to find a platform of some sort that would allow me to use my voice. We hear about that quite frequently, using your voice and speaking up for yourself. I am just a kid from Adamsville, a community in Atlanta, Georgia, that has grown into a young woman with some years under her belt, with a variety of life experiences, and as a result, I have gained some knowledge, I've gained some wisdom, and some things that I feel would be helpful to someone. Of course, not everyone is going to connect with my perspective or point of view, but there are some that absolutely will. So here it is. I mentioned a friend of mine previously that had a lot of influence on me making the decision to move forward with this. It was his belief in me and what I offer to the world that pushed me to go ahead and step out on faith. So here's a little of the backstory. Charles Bulger and I were friends for quite a few years. Now, Charles passed away in 2018. Prior to his passing, we were really good friends. Y'all, we actually attended the same high school, but he was at least five or six years older than me. (laughs) And we did not know each other during our high school days while attending the Frederick Douglass High School here in Atlanta. We actually met while working together at a company called GE Exchange. Now, Charles was a true jokester. He was so funny to me. He had funny wit and we we gelled. We got along very well and we started hanging out with a few other people and became kind of like a little crew. It was a great friendship between all of us and it continued even after I left the company to begin my career in education. Now, Charles was the co-host of an internet jazz radio show that I believe began somewhere in about 2017. Y'all, it was good. I mean, it was really, really good. And I enjoyed listening to the show. Charles knew that I love jazz. Y'all, I keep telling y'all, I love good music. And y'all gonna keep hearing me say this probably with each episode, 
Because it's true. I am a lover of words, but I love good music. And jazz is just one of those genres that just eases my spirit. Now, one day, Charles called me and left a message on my voicemail. And it went a little something like this. Hey, Teach, this is Charles. Listen, give me a call when you get a chance. I want to ask you something and see what you think. Hit me back later. Peace. (laughs) So I called him back on my way home from work. Basically, he wanted to ask me if I would fill in for him and be the co-host of the radio show. Y'all, my eyes got big and I was looking around saying, huh, me? You want me to fill in for you on your show? He was like, yeah. (laughs) He went on to explain that he was going to be out and he thought it would be cool to have two women co-hosting and having a little girl talk while doing the show for the week. So again, with the big cartoon eyes, I asked Charles, are you sure you are talking about me? I said, listen, I can do a lot of things and I'm good at a lot of stuff, but I'm not so sure about uh, the radio (laughs) co-host. I started chuckling and he said, you see that, that right there is what I'm talking about. That's what we need on the show. I can be funny from time to time. (laughs) You know, he said, why don't you come to the show this Sunday? Sit in, listen, and see what we do. See how it goes, and then give me an answer. I said, that I can do. So Sunday came, I went, got there a little early, saw the setup, saw the studio, listened to the entire show to see what the flow was while going live in the studio. It was really intriguing, y'all, and I was like, this is kind of cool. So before I left the studio, I told Charles, yes, I'll do it. Unfortunately, it never happened. Now, I'm not going to go into all the specifics about what happened, although it wasn't anything on my part, but it never materialized. Nevertheless, there were at least three other times that Charles asked me to sit in with him, not sit in for him. One of the times I had already committed to lending my voice for a black history program. I'll share with you, I am also a voiceover artist. But the last time that I remember Charles asking me to sit in with him was after he had been diagnosed with cancer, yet he was still pushing forward. Now, from my understanding, his co-host was going to be out and he wanted me to fill in. He called me to share that his co-host expressed that he needed to do the show remotely. Now, y'all, since the pandemic has happened, we do a whole lot of things remotely now. But I'm guessing it may it may have been or must have been that it was a little different then when you needed to be in the studio. And the other piece was simply this. Money was being invested to put the show on each week and he was still contributing. So Charles didn't think it was fair that he could not come into the studio. Now, that being said, the last time he asked me to co-host and it was clear on my end, he wasn't able to go into the studio. So he made a decision not to do the show. The last conversation I had with Charles was when I called to check up on him on September 22nd, 2018. We chatted a bit about how he was feeling And the last words that I remember him sharing with me were these. Candace, I'm looking into my own jazz radio show and what all is needed to get it up and running. Once I get everything worked out, I am telling you, you will be the first person that I call to co-host my show with me. Y'all, my heart dropped and I was completely stunned. 
I was a little teary-eyed. I couldn't believe from all those years ago, whatever energy, whatever light, whatever I had poured out, Charles saw something in me that said, this is the person that I want to come along on this journey with me. Now, I have never been a DJ before, and I have never worked in a radio station before. And since Charles is passing, I haven't had the opportunity to do either of those things. However, my spirit was now awakened and I wanted to do something to use my voice. And at the same time, I wanted to do something to pay homage to my friend. And I wanted to give honor to God. Because here's the thing. I believe God was using Charles as the vessel to speak to me and to tell me this is it. This is what she can do. This is one of those ways that she can share her voice. Y'all, I'm so grateful to Charles. I miss my friend. I miss his wit. I miss his jokes. I miss his spirit. I am, though, going to do my part as long as I have breath in my body. And that leads me into today's topic, which is entitled By Faith. Hey, 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 welcome to the Emphatically You podcast. I'm your host, Candace Nelson, wife, mother of one dope college student, lover of words, music, and a native Adamsville bred Georgia peach. You're invited to this easy, breezy, soulful, safe space created for those of us who need occasional reminders, some tips, tools, and transformative messages that will speak to the heart of you. Come along with me on this brand new journey of truth, love, and growth. It's time to let your hair down and put yourself first so you can speak and be emphatically you. Let's get into it. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of the Emphatically You podcast. Today, we are going to talk about faith, living by faith, and I hope you will share with me what it is that faith means to you. The Bible gives us a very clear definition of what faith is. It's found in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. The King James Version goes like this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Again, that is Hebrews 11, verse 1. Y'all, this is such a good scripture, and it's a really great definition. And I want you to keep that scripture in your mind as we go through discussing the different areas for today's show. Now, there are four areas that we will dive into. Guilt is the first, personal forgiveness, how God steers us, and finally, when God fills the gap. So let's jump into it. I am pretty sure that most of us have done a thing or two that we regret at some point over the course of our life. I know for sure that I have. And even though mistakes are a normal part of human growth, guilt still creeps in and it can cause plenty of emotional and physical unrest. Guilt has a lot of power as an emotion. 
It helps you acknowledge your actions and can fuel your motivation to improve your behavior. Guilt can cause a great deal of overthinking. I'm raising my hand real high. That just may lead you to fixate on what you could have done differently. You know, overthinking is one of those things that I am still working on because I tend to overthink a lot of things a lot more than I should. And I'm working on that. I'm getting better and better with each day. But that is one of those things that um, overthinking definitely, it definitely can cause um, you to have a lot of guilt. Now, I want to go ahead and share that there are two types of guilt that I want to discuss with you today. And because I was curious about this, I, I did a little bit of research and I found out that Natural guilt or remorse over something that you did or failed to do is one type and free floating or toxic guilt is another one. And it's the underlying sense of not being a good person. Now, natural guilt serves a functional purpose. It's an internal alarm. Natural guilt prompts you to call your mom or it, it can prompt you to leave your phone number if you happen to hit a parked car and you damage it. Like I actually did that a few years ago. I was in a shopping mall trying to park and I hit somebody's car, but my guilt would not allow me to just leave. I actually did leave my phone number. I guess the damage was not substantial because I didn't end up having to do anything. But again, I did. I felt guilty. Um, guilt will also prompt you to say you're sorry when you know that you have hurt your dear friend's feelings. I have a story about that too, but I'm not going to share that one today. <laughs> but some scientists believe that natural guilt comes from our ability to empathize with others suffering. Now I read an article earlier this week that shared this particular quote. When you have a healthy relationship with your personal guilt, you don't agonize as much over guilty feelings. Instead, you use them as signals to change behavior. Now, I think that quote has a great many levels of truth to it. And I can certainly identify with, with the words. Empathy happens to be one of my top five strengths. I am able to empathize with people and their feelings very, very easily. People normally experience toxic guilt in one of two ways. The first is it can simply be there, like kind of like a part of your personality. The second, it can be triggered from the outside by a mistake that you make or somebody's suspicion. Now, toxic guilt is what happens when natural guilt festers. This type of free-floating guilt is the hardest to deal with because it arises from lingering patterns lodged in your subconscious. Toxic guilt can also come from a cumulative buildup of specific unrepaired hurt that you may have caused or experienced during life. Free-flowing guilt can accumulate from things as simple as a neglected call to your parents, or any painful moments of self-betrayal. I am going to take a moment to share with y'all that I have experienced both of these types of guilt during my life. I have. However, it was when I became pregnant with my daughter 
that I began to have a barrage of feelings that actually led to me experiencing some of these feelings of guilt that we're discussing. And these feelings of guilt were based on my mindset about what I thought was acceptable as well as about being judged. Now, the thing is, society puts its own things out in the world and in the communities and in the universe about what society deems is right or is wrong or inappropriate or whatever the case may be. But here's the thing. We all have a path to walk and we all have our own lives to live. And everybody else that's on the outside looking in is not the judge and the jury to be able to decide that they can say, oh, she's this or, oh, he's that. It's just not right. But nevertheless, I was allowing the societal views to come into my own brain and take over my own thought processes instead of thinking for myself at the time that I became pregnant. I really can say I honestly felt like I was going to be judged simply because I was a grown single woman that was pregnant. Now, if I'm completely honest, and I think y'all have heard me say this before, I was happy and nervous at the same time when I found out that I was pregnant. You know, it was like the yin and the yang. I was up and down. But here's the thing. I had to get myself together. And the reason was I was about to become a mom. So guess what? Guess what I did? (laughs) I turned inward because I had to be connected to God. And because of my upbringing, and I'm so grateful for this, one of the first things that I did was to go to the Lord in prayer in order to reconnect with God spiritually. Let me tell y'all, I heard his whispers and the opportunities that I actually had to hear the heartbeat of the child that was inside of me allowed me to change my thought processes and to know that God had me covered. It did not matter whether someone would be there with me or not. It just didn't. I had a brand new responsibility that simply planted the seeds for my rebirth. Now, let me just share with you. Although I had the seeds that were planted inside of me for my rebirth to take place, I also had to go through this period of personal forgiveness for myself as well as others. See, forgiveness involves deliberately choosing to let go of feelings of resentment, guilt, and shame, then releasing ourselves and others out of debt. Research has shown that choosing to forgive consciously allows us to make peace with the past and move on. That's the space that I was in during that particular period of my life. I wanted and needed my peace of mind. Self-forgiveness and forgiveness of others can ease anxiety, reduce the risk of depression, help let go of negative emotions, and improve your relationships. 
There is no love without forgiveness, and there is no forgiveness without love. Bryant H. McGill Taking responsibility for your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors doesn't mean beating yourself up for what you said or did. It's learning to accept your mistakes and understand common humanity can help you forgive yourself and make better choices in the future. Now, how do you forgive yourself? Well, let's talk about it as I share three ways. Number one, reflect on your feelings. Mindfully focus on our feelings of resentment, guilt, and shame first. Taking time to acknowledge these emotions without judgment can help you switch from blaming to understanding yourself. Number two, accept accountability. Ooh-wee, that right there. It can be hard to do sometimes, I know. However, we have to take ownership of our behavior and then determine the next step. Am I right about it? (laughs) Number three, restore and repair. Forgiveness of self should promote a personal shift from self-blame to increased responsibility. Y'all, I have done these things. I didn't have a choice. I had to do this work for myself. Now, I'm going to get back to my story. I felt all kinds of ways about what other people were thinking and what they were saying about me. How I was beating my own self up because I was more concerned about what other people actually thought. But here is what I realized. I was not thinking about the joy of being pregnant and giving birth. Instead, I was sitting there thinking about what others would think of me. Y'all, we do this from time to time, but here's the thing. It doesn't matter what they think. Any decision or any mistake that you make, for that matter, it's yours. No one has the right to judge you. No one on this earth is perfect. None but the Father. However, through this, Through this, I experienced a path of spiritual awakening, growth and self-confidence, and an abounding joy from connecting with my daughter. You know, I have loved butterflies since I was a child. I think they are such beautiful creatures. I identify with the evolution of a butterfly and what it actually goes through to get to that place. When I think of a caterpillar in a cocoon, it makes me think about my daughter as she was developing. As she grew, guess what? I was going through my own metamorphosis. I felt like I needed to hide myself because I was in this situation, but then I realized I was developing as my daughter was growing inside so that I could be the best mother her. Now, let me go just a little bit deeper. I wanted my child's father to be exactly, (laughs) I mean, exactly what my dad was to me. You see, I was a daddy's girl to my core. I had a daddy that was always there and he loved me from the inside out. But let me be real, real honest with (laughs) y'all. I was hurting 
Because listen, here I was with this man that didn't want to be with me or his child. Y'all, I cried a lot. I cussed a lot. Yes, I did. And I tried to force something that simply would not be. It didn't work. It wouldn't work. And I had to stop. I had to do all three of the recommended steps that I just shared with you. I'm telling y'all, it was not easy, but I didn't have a choice. I wanted to be happy and I wanted to enjoy my life with my child. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you what happened. I finally got it together once I changed my perspective. I stopped trying to force the situation. I took advantage of the gift that God had given to me and I began to not only shower my child with love, but guess what? I fell in love with Candace as well. You know, overcoming shame and replacing it with self-compassion can indeed help you to overcome and remove negative thinking patterns, overcome self-judgment, and let go of the past. Once you make peace with your thoughts, choices, and shame-provoking experiences, the process of self-forgiveness can begin. I am a witness. You see, self-compassion means treating yourself with the same kindness and understanding that you would give to a loved one. Self-acceptance is the root of self-forgiveness, which inspires personal growth. And that is what helps you to heal that part. That is what happened to me when I opened up and I allowed God to speak to me And I changed my perspective. It is self-compassion that permits you to forgive yourself and others and then let go of any painful experiences and move on. Realizing the love of God for us produces the love of God in us. This quote is by J.D. Greer. You know, it is so important to move on and move forward in the right direction. I can't stress that enough. The key is to simply let God do all of the steering. Let him drive. With all of the world's problems that are going on today, and Lord knows we have a ton of problems going on in our world, it is so easy to feel overwhelmed. And it's no wonder that it could be difficult to see any light at the end of the tunnel. However, let me remind you, let me be that reminder that if you let God steer your thoughts and actions, the doors open to unity, healing, and progress. I can truly testify to this. I'm serious. I can tell story upon story upon story. When I allow God to lead me and take the wheel, this was when my entire mindset shifted and things began to change all for my good. You know, all of the pressing problems that we face today can truly make us feel overwhelmed. It's like, Oh my gosh, 
when is it going to end? And because of this, we ache, we ache for relief and we want to feel, you know, some sense of assurance that we, as well as the rest of the world, are heading in the right direction. Human thought is the steering device of human experience. But when we let God steer our thoughts, (laughs) my, 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 amazing things can begin to happen. You know, Human will can try to gain control over circumstances and people. However, human will cannot be relied on to steer thoughts in a direction that benefits everyone. God, on the other hand, is always, I mean always present to steer our thoughts in the direction of our overall well-being and to guide us through stormy times, as well as bring us to a place where we are supposed to be. You know, my reconnection with God truly allowed me to change my thinking. And as a result, God sent me more love than I could ever have imagined. More love than I could have ever, ever imagined imagine. All right, y'all. I have shared some parts of my personal story from the time period when I actually found out that I was pregnant, as well as the experience of carrying my daughter for nine months and some of the feelings and emotions and thoughts that were swirling all around once it was confirmed that I was pregnant. Now, see, if I'm honest, I pretty much knew even before I actually went to the doctor for the confirmation. (laughs) I have talked about how I had to go into prayer. I had to reconnect with God and I had to really get in touch and in tune with myself for my own greater good. I want you to listen because I'm going to share a story with you so that I can give you a real life example of how and when God filled the gap for me. See, God comes in and he fills the gap in our lives, especially during times when we don't realize that we need what it is that we need. Now, during my eighth month of pregnancy, I signed up for a Lamaze class at the hospital where I would be delivering my baby. Now, let me just say, the hospital had several different classes being offered during my pregnancy, and I signed up for almost each and every one that I could. I mean, I tried to get all of the classes, but the ones that I signed up for, I was there alone. Now, okay, I'm being honest. I didn't want to be alone, but here again, I was dealing with self-judgment, worrying about what other people were thinking, how they were looking at me, what they were saying behind my back. Y'all, it was just a whole thing. But for the Lamaze class, you couldn't be alone. You had to have a partner. They made that clear. I mean, unequivocally clear. You could not come to that class alone. And it was a two-day class. You know, I believe 
it was like a Friday evening and then all day Saturday, starting like early Saturday morning. So here's the thing. I went to my child's biological father and I shared the information about the class. I told him that I needed him to be present, but there's always a but. Knowing him the way that I did at that particular point in our relationship, I simply did not trust (laughs) that he would be there for me that he was reliable enough to come and stand next to me to provide the support that we needed. We, meaning baby girl and me. I could not be in that class alone. I had to have a supportive partner. So I went to my brother. Now, as I mentioned before in my intro episode, I have two sisters and one brother. My brother and I are only two years apart in age and we're relatively close. We were really, really close as we were growing up, but to this day, we have a great relationship. Now, I went to my brother and I shared with him my concerns. I told him what was going on about the Lamaze class, how I didn't feel assured that my daughter's biological father would actually show up and be on time and be there to support me in the way that I needed. So I asked my brother, would he kind of be on standby? I said, you know, I'll definitely let you know before the last minute, but can you kind of change your plans around just in case? You know, if you if I need you to come through, you can be there to support us. And of course, without any hesitation, my brother said, yes, absolutely, Candace, I got you. So the day arrived for the first Lamar session, And I believe the class started, like I said, at 5 or 6 p.m. I think it was 5. Y'all, this was about 19 years ago. (laughs) Um, I was at home waiting for my child's father to come. He showed up, but it was later than I anticipated him arriving since Atlanta traffic is no joke. It wasn't then, and it's even worse now. But anyway, we actually did make it to the hospital before class started. Here's the thing that shook me to my core. Here's the thing that showed me that God had my back before, during, and after. We parked the car, we entered the hospital, took the elevator to the floor for the class, walked into the lobby, heading towards the room, and I look and I see a male figure in the distance sitting down. He stands up, my eyes widen in disbelief, actually, like I can't believe what I'm seeing. Y'all, it was my brother. My brother showed up at the hospital. He was there before we even arrived. And although I hadn't called him back to say, okay, I actually need you to show up. I need you to be here. He's not going to come. My brother was there standing in the gap anyway, because he did not want his sister to be alone on that day. All I know is that it was the heavenly father above that was surrounding me and covering me. And he sent down his angels to whisper into my brother's ear. He spoke to my brother's heart and my brother made a decision. He said, I'm going to be there anyway, just in case. 
Y'all, when I saw him, I ran to him like I used to run to greet my daddy at the door when he came home from work. I ran to my brother and I gave him the biggest hug. I kissed him on the cheek and I asked him, what are you doing here? I said, I didn't call you, did I? You know, memory was kind of going a little bit during that pregnancy time too. He said, I wanted to be here just in case. Who y'all just don't know how my heart was beating. It was shining. It was glowing. I was ecstatic to know that God was showing me that I've got you, Candace. I'm sending people around you that love you and they want to shower you. I have always known that my brother loves me. That has never been a question throughout any time of my life. But the simple fact is he took time away from his job. He made arrangements to be somewhere for me just in case. Y'all, I'm still in awe when I think about that story, that experience. When I think about how my brother showed his love and I know that it was an act that he did because of a message from our Heavenly Father as well as his love for his sister. Let me tell y'all, God is good. You hear me? God is good, y'all. And because of my faith, because of my brother's faith, because God knows that I am in a space where I trust him, I believe in him. He is going to always take care of things that need to be taken care of. You know, just like in my second episode, Divine Timing, God has everything already set up and aligned perfectly. And if I'm really honest with you all, I had to be reminded of this very thing earlier this week. I had a message to come to me and it kind of shook me for a second. But fortunately, I had the right people around me to send me those reminders, to put me back in that space, to turn back to God, to say, I need you to trust me. I need you to just wait and trust me. I'm here to tell y'all, we just don't know the day we don't know the hour. We simply don't know when things are going to happen or the way that they are supposed to happen. <laughs> but God knows and he has it already set out for each of us. Well, 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 <laughs> we have come to the end of another episode. Y'all, this has been good. It has been a great reminder for me, and I pray that you have received something that you can use from today's show. You know, we've talked about guilt, what it looks like, personal forgiveness, how God steers us, and when God fills the gap. You know, the bottom line is that guilt belongs in the past. You can start to let it go simply by strengthening your resilience and building confidence to make better choices. Here are four suggestions for things to assist with moving forward. The first one, explore the source. Second, apologize and make amends. Third, learn from the past. And last, replace negative self-talk with self-compassion. You know, I'm sure all of us have watched at least one time the movie, The Lion King. And there's a scene in there when Simba is returning back to his homeland, but he's still wrestling with, you know, his father's death and he meets up with Rafiki. 
the wise baboon. And there's a point when Rafiki is kind of taunting him and bothering him and he hits him upside the head. And he was like, what did you do that for? And he says, it doesn't matter. It's in the past. That's where guilt belongs in the past. Here are some tips for practicing self-forgiveness. First, acknowledge your feelings. Acknowledge how you feel. Secondly, acknowledge what you did. Take ownership and, and understand if that's what you did, that's what you did, but acknowledge it and take ownership of it. Third, apologize. Apologize when you are wrong to move in a space of freedom. And lastly, make meaningful changes and practice compassion. You know, in episode two, I shared one of my absolute favorite scriptures with you. It's Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. I now would like to share a few ways that we can listen for God's direction because he will never, ever steer you wrong. First, through the study of scripture. Second, through daily prayer, meditation, or reflection. God speaks to tell us which way to go when we take time to engage with him and give him our undivided attention. Thirdly, through others, through other people, just like he did with my brother, when my brother came in to help me out at a time when I needed support and I needed love. He teaches us compassion and empathy, and he helps us to know we are not alone. Fourth, when God gives us an answer or a directive and we act as though we don't even hear him, hmm, think about a time when a decision just didn't feel right or when, you know, we pushed things in order to get what we want instead of listening to God when he is speaking. God speaks to us in different ways to help us, to guide us, to save us, to simply steer us in the right direction direction. I want to say thank you so much for spending time with me today. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. I want you to remember that you can always connect with me at Candice at emphaticallyyou.com. That's Candice, C-A-N-D-A-C-E at emphaticallyyou.com. I would absolutely love to hear from you and get some of your feedback. I am going to close my show just a little differently today so that you can share and you can see and you can hear exactly what faith means to my legacy, my why, my sunshine, my daughter, Maya. Listen and be sure to take care, stay safe, and make it a great day. To me, faith is simply just believing, but it's really not that simple at all. Faith means believing in something that you cannot see. Faith is believing in something that you do not know when to come or when it will be at your foot in your eyesight and when you can truly 
take a breath of relief and say, oh, so this is why I'm doing it. This is why I'm here. This is why I've been through so much. That's what, that's what faith is to me. Faith is being able to keep pushing and keep moving forward with the same belief and stronger belief and stronger knowledge and assurance that what you believe in, what you want, and what you love, and what is best for you will be there. And it's always there, regardless if you see it or not. You can feel it, you can think of it in your thoughts, you can manifest it, you can grow from that. It has the possibility to become as big as you let it come, even without you needing the physical sight of it in your reality. So that's what faith is to me. Thank you.